Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. <laughs> you're on mute. Yeah, sir, you're muted. <laughs> it just keeps muting. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm fine now. Okay. <clears throat> One, two, three. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 161. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. How's it going, ladies? What's, got, what's up? What's up? I am doing better. I don't know if I mentioned it to you. Um, I think I did. But I ate shit. On my run last Saturday, and my knees were so sore and so um, bloody. That's obviously not an issue, but they're still so sore. I can't, like, bend down. Like, when someone asks to look at the the magic cards on the bottom shelf, I have to ask someone, uh, one of my employees to come do it because I can't bend my knees that much. And then... Um, you guys all know I'm going to my hometown, uh, for a casual reunion this next coming weekend. And my mom laughed at me because I told my mom, Mom, I hurt my knees. How am I going to get free drinks at the bars? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Incredible. And that would work in Wow. That <laughs> actually would work anywhere. <laughs> oh my god oh, I Kristen she says <laughs> speaking That's of injuries insane. like my wrist also is it it does it's doing better as usual but it's still yeah. like a very there are certain angles that I can't do it because it just hurts a lot yeah mm. How, did you actually go through physical therapy I did uh-huh. Um, uh, but it was only, like, it was five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, after that, he just gave me, like, a bunch of stuff, and he was just all yeah. like, well, maybe follow up again in, like, two months, see how mm-hmm. you're doing. And I was like, okay. Right well, I definitely recommend if he gave you exercises to do, to do the exercises, because, uh, like I mentioned, too, when we were talking about my ankle, I still don't have my full range of motion, and it's because my PT sucked. So my new physical therapist gave me exercises, and even just doing it now after so long of the accident happening, um, it helps me so much. So, mm-hmm. Update on that, though. Yesterday, I did went skateboarding a little bit. <gasps> Finally. Oh, that gives oh, me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah. I thought it was like, I thought it wasn't going to be like, because I kept saying, I was just like, I'm not afraid. But then while I was like, while I had the skateboard and I was like, my foot was on it. I was like, I like, I could feel my, like my heart racing. And I was yeah. just like, Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Like, but you see, I don't like feeling like that, but my answer to it is not to avoid it. I'm just going to keep doing it until I get used to it. Yeah. So, that happened to me now. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that does help. I have like the wrist guards, the elbow and the knee guards and a helmet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I look like a dork. Um, uh, <laughs> but I've learned my lesson. And so, yeah. um, also I think, I didn't think I took into consideration the fact that my ankle, like I did break that too. Technically speaking, I did break it. Really? Yeah. When I first moved here. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, um, so, and I think it's like, it's not wobbly. It's not a weak ankle, but it definitely is like different now. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> different ankle. It's it's different. Yeah, it is a different <laughs> ankle now. Yeah. I don't know you anymore. Yeah, I don't know you. Don't trust me You've anymore. changed. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just... Like, I remember, like, because I did used to skate when I was, like, in middle school and high school. But, like, I'm, one, I'm, like, taller, bigger. Um, uh, so my center of balance and gravity, it's, like, it's it's, it's different now. And I have to get yeah. used to that. And just relearn all it. over again. Yeah, relearn all over again. And that is precisely, like, why I broke it the last time. Because I fucking ate shit. I ate shit mm-hmm. hard. That's how I broke it. Um, um, 
but like I did like for a little bit like did find it and that's why I was skating and I was going fast like an idiot um uh, but I definitely like I do want to pick it up because I would rather skate to school than walk to school yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah, that makes sense. Well, well I'm yeah. glad that your wrist is uh, doing better. I just remember when you first originally showed us the x-rays, and I was like, oh my gosh, that looks yep. bad. <laughs> yep. It really was crazy, dude. That that <laughs> whole thing was just bad. I'm, I'm surprised you're back on the board. But, hey, if that works for you, I mean, I would be totally like, nope, not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like being afraid. So that's just that makes sense. valid. I'm just like uh, Bruce Banner. I'm always afraid. That's my <laughs> secret. No, he's always angry. Yes. No. 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 I know. Oh, but, but I yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. You're, you're a twist. On it. Yeah. <laughs> a little twist. A little twist. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, what do you have for us today? Oh my god, I'm so excited to share this cheeseman that I just saw on the internet yesterday. And it is telling me that Deadpool officially is going to be in the MCU. We've all heard that um, there is a Deadpool 3 coming out that is uh, going to be produced by uh, Disney Marvel. But that is not what... I'm talking about, I'm talking about the fact that it has been confirmed that Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, is going to be appearing in the new Avengers movie, Kang Dynasty. Now, we have oh, wow. to wait till 2025 for it to come out. It's going to be coming out at the same time as Avengers Secret Wars, which, for whatever reason, is not going to be following the uh, iconic Secret Wars uh, story from the comic. I saw that as well as a point of cheesement to share, but what? I didn't read that article. I read the one about Deadpool. <laughs> I cannot wait. When I think of the Avengers and their personalities and just the way that they interact with each other and then think about throwing Deadpool into it, I'm just so excited because he just like... He is a breath of fresh air. He is so sarcastic. He's so inappropriate. I can't wait. I know. I just saw Deadpool 2, the movie, and I was like, oh, my God. And then we saw it in Spanish. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just so, so inappropriate. It's so funny. Oh, I can I can just imagine it. Like, I need to watch Deadpool in Spanish now because, I don't know, swear <laughs> words are funnier in Spanish. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Honestly, like, if Deadpool isn't, like, bleeped out, like, every other, like, couple of sentences in the movie, then was he really in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to get right? fourth wall, uh, breaking the fourth wall, too. We have to. Um, although I know that I haven't, it hasn't come out yet, but She-Hulk, uh, does that. So. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, that should mm -hmm. be interesting. Yeah. So, like, She-Hulk is going to be, like, more of a comedy, right? I don't that's know. A, or I think that's what I'm getting the vibes of. Yeah, I haven't seen, I, I haven't seen any of the trailers for it. I just saw that it, there were trailers, but I didn't actually watch them. So, um, I don't know, she, I, I think she looks it looks super weird and silly and fake and i don't know why to me it looks more weird silly and fake than hulk because it's the same green thing but um it really does so it's gonna take some time for me to get used to that visual yeah definitely i totally get that for sure um but i'm still looking forward to it um it's a it's a show from Marvel, so I'm sure it'll have some great points to it as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. I love the like '80s, like power woman theme going on for it. Yeah, <laughs> those um uh, posters that they released. I know I've I've always liked um uh, She Hulk, so we'll see. And how there they was do. a there was a very very uh, amazing dynamic story told. Um, I don't know what run it was or who the writer was, but I remember reading it where she was actually suffering from um, PTSD. And it 
it, it was really, really good. Um, and given that this is kind of in a different time frame, I don't know that they would actually get to it, but it would be interesting to see if they actually did deal with that kind of thing uh, in on on the screen. There is there's a really great run of She-Hulk called from the Avengers. I think it was called Wrath of She-Hulk. That one was really good. The mm. art for it was very much of the time, like that early kind of like late '90s, early 2000s artwork. Yeah. Uh, and there was I don't know if not the current run, but like when they like brought her back. I want to say like um like 2014, 2016 era right there. There was like a uh-huh. brief run where it was again very interesting the writing um, um the writing was good the artwork was okay uh but the writing like really really stood up because i believe in that one she was uh she was the defense attorney for um uh, for steve who had been like reverted back to like his original age like he was depowered and everything um uh, and so he looked like an old man, and he was being accused of war crimes. Uh, ah. And so she was his defense attorney, and that was a really interesting run because it was a mix of kind of like that superhero, but also like, like kind of like oh, war crimes, and also like kind of also like, like attorney at law thing going on. So that was a that was a really really good run. I'd have to see who was the writer for it to like really say which one it was, but it was a really good run. Awesome. So the, the cool. one that I'm thinking about is a storyline that came after Civil War II. Uh, and oh, okay. um, she gets knocked unconscious and spends most of her time in a coma. And then after the, everything is over, uh, she comes out of it. And so I think there's also maybe some kind of survivor guilt, too, that um, she's dealing with. But it was a really, really good um run in the series and that was in 2017 so um i don't see here who the writer was but that if you wanted to look into it um it's right after after civil war ii okay so turns out now if my memory serves me correctly and by that i mean i googled it uh the writer (laughs) is mariko tamaki and the artist is nico leon and um now that i saw this article i remember exactly what happened that made she hulk um kind of have this traumatic response she um has a near-death experience with fighting with thanos and this was after civil war ii in 2017 and she learns, remember the big old controversy? Bruce, the Hulk, Bruce Banner was killed by Hawkeye. Remember? It was such a big oh. controversy because, and we found out later that uh, Bruce tells Hawkeye, if you see even a glimmer of the fact that the monster is going to come back, I need you to end it. And he does. He, do- he sends an arrow right through his eyeball. Whoa. It was such an amazing story. It was so sad. It was so touching. And watching Jennifer go through all this um, after she wakes up from the coma was, like, very, very heart-wrenching. So I definitely um, recommend that you read um, Mariko Tamaki's Hulk. Yes. And I found out the run that I was talking about was She-Hulk Volume 1 Law and Disorder by Charles Soule. Oh, of course. Charles Soule is so mm-hmm. great. He's the one who's writing 8 Billion Genies right now. If you guys aren't reading 8 Billion Genies, you need to jump on it. They are going to be releasing by They I Mean Image. Um, fourth printings of number one and third printings of number two, three, and second printings of number four all next month. So you still have the opportunity to jump on. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. What is on your radar, Kristen? So On My Radar this week is a limited series um, called New Champion of Shazam. Now, I am admittedly more of a Marvel reader than DC reader um, and don't really have a lot of knowledge about the history of um, a lot of the DC characters, but I read this book um, I think it's been two weeks ago now when it, number one came out and I really, really enjoyed it a lot. So if those of you who are familiar with the Shazam lore, we know that, um, 
what's his name? Billy Baxter? Is that his mm-hmm. name? <laughs> he, <laughs> he, um, gets these powers, um, but he's not the only one. He had, his brothers and sisters, um, also have some powers. Um, and, uh, in this book, we follow Mary, who has given all that up, and she is at a really big turning point in her life in that she wants to go to college. And she actually has worked her butt off to get into Vassar. And so she's trying to create this new, uh, you know, life for herself. She wants to go to school where no one knows who she is and nobody's going to be coming for her for anything. They're not going to need anything from her. But, of course, that cannot be the case. She gets there to school and what happens? Her roommate's cat starts talking to her and Uh is like... (laughs) Billy sent me to you. He, um, if something happened, he needs to basically appoint you as total and sole, uh, owner of this Shazam power. And she's like, nope, I don't want it. I don't care. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But of course, the cat is able to, um, take her to show her why she's needed and actually, lands her right in the middle of a bank heist and of course she saves the people and so she really really doesn't want to be involved but she feels like she doesn't have a choice but it was so well written i really enjoyed it a lot um the writer of the story is josie campbell and the art is by evan shaner uh letters by becca carey um i really really loved it 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 was really fun the talking cat was fun um and it really led me to learn a lot about mary um baxter who is uh now going to be the new champion of shazam so if you haven't read it number one is already out and number two should be coming in the next couple of weeks Awesome. That sounds really amazing. I mean, it's really funny because um, uh, the history of Shazam, like at one point, um, like back in like the forties, fifties, he was more popular than than Superman. Um, uh, wow, I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to imagine. But like, one imagining like the sheer range of comics that were released back then. I mean, we got like the love and love and romance comics. We had like daily, like everyday, like comics and stuff like that. I, it's funny, like to think about how there was more, I think there was more genres, not, Mm. not not necessarily like more comics, but I think there was more genres being covered by comics, uh, in like the forties and fifties. Whereas now it's just, you have superhero indie, uh, yeah, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so at one point, yeah, like Shazam was more popular than Superman, but then that comic company went like bankrupt, and they were bought by um, uh, DC, or at least the rights to Shazam were. And he, there have been some very great storylines, especially concerning uh, like putting like Shazam and Superman together. There's a mm-hmm. really really great one of um, uh, su- of Superman finding out who Shazam is because of course he just thinks like like of how what we know of Shazam is just like he's this he's just this big dude who's trying to help but sometimes he does he messes up more and yeah. Superman's just like what the hell are you doing of course not doing that other language but then he finds out that that Shazam is actually just like a this, little kid a little kid and I think in the artwork he like he looks no more than like eight years old yeah he's like very he's young very very young um and it's just a great great story uh highly 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 recommend it but the the shazam family is like um uh, like they existed like they were very popular and like um uh, like you said mary marvel um uh shazam and like there's a like a couple of others too their names just escape me right now so i'm really glad to see that dc is kind of going back to that and giving more attention to that because these are characters that were very like very popular at one point in time and they just due to time and um um, comic shenanigans let's just say that (laughs) they've kind of been forgotten so i'm glad to see that they're putting use back into them yes definitely all right guys now it's time for our book review what are we reviewing today you know that I always go so into our conversations that when you say it's time for our book review, I'm like, oh, yeah, our, 
<laughs> That's right. We review books. What? What? <laughs> Uh, well, today we are reviewing a comic anthology by women, and the title of it is Voices That Count, and it is nine intimate and dynamic stories created by women about women. It's brought to life by a host of talented creators, and this graphic novel dissects what it means to be a woman in today's hyper-masculine world. It's a collection of uplifting stories from some of Spain. And yes, this is all, um, they're all Spanish writers and creators. Um, some of Spain's most influential creators. Voices That Count highlights intrinsic themes of life, love, and empowerment. Exploring everything from the realities of gender imbalance to toxic beauty standards. This anthology gives women a space to recount their struggles and triumphs. Offered to a wider readership in English for the first time, this carefully curated translation offers an impactful view into womanhood. Wow. That was very powerful. I like that. I like it. Um, I actually, um, I really liked it. I liked the composition and how everything was put together. Um, I liked the different styles of artwork in here that were really, really, really good and were a complement to the story. Uh, that they were telling and uh, there's all different types so that's really cool um i particularly like the one about the um anorexia i thought that one was uh really just it, it's called it's kind of like a anime kind of style of artwork uh, and mm -hmm. anime influence anime inspired and basically you have this character and um she is just a regular teenager, you know, uh, having a good time. And then she starts noticing her friend who is always pinching her, her non-existing fat. Like she's completely obsessed with yeah. their, with their weight. Yeah. And then, um, she was getting good grazes and uh, as a reward, she asked her mom to let her get a belly button piercing. And then her friend's like, well, you know what? I'll get one with you too. Like I've always wanted one as well. So like the moms take their daughters to get their belly button pierced, which seemed pretty weird, but it was I know, pretty it cool did because to me too, but maybe because it's Europe, they're European. They have less mm -hmm. hangups about that. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Exactly. And, um, uh, then they go shopping for clothes and then they decide to get these like crop tops because they want to show off their belly piercing. Um, so she mentioned that one of the pictures she took was with the crop top of the very first picture of her belly piercing. I thought that was cute, like kind of like a marker in your life. Um, uh, but then they, everybody was so jazzed about the piercing. The girls were like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I want one too. You know, like just, just the regular teenage angst. But then this one guy says, well, it looks good on your friend because she has abs, but it doesn't look good on you because you have fat. And so then she then completely focuses on her body weight and then goes through this like horrendous. And I say horrendous because I can't imagine not eating. Okay, guys? <laughs> I love to eat. I love to eat. <laughs> so I say horrible the you know terrifying experience where she no longer is eating even her father uh, was putting his foot down and he was like no you, i'm gonna watch you eat because she was just losing so much weight and such a, it was such a it, it was such a journey that you see with the artwork how it represents the story and um one of the things I noticed was that she started like losing everything. Her grades started suffering. She used to be a top student and her grades started suffering. Um, she lost her very first boyfriend. Um, at one point she wanted to get back with him. And what one of her friends said, he doesn't want to, he doesn't like you anymore because you're too skinny. And she's like all that work for nothing. Like yeah. she was trying to get skinny in order to be like as popular and to look good and everything but then it kind of like backfired because she was so obsessed with it that even the boy that she liked was like no you're too skinny she actually had to go to and be admitted to a hospital to monitor her weight uh and then they started force feeding her um these these milkshake things this like kind of 
meal replacement stuff and she said and the artwork you could see it's like she she doesn't want to drink it and in the artwork you can see the milkshake filled with all these like insects and yeah it looked it like so toxic yeah but i like that about this book because it was uh, that story in particular because it was so visual and you could mm-hmm. just see like this like this complete journey of pain and suffering and just coming on the other side and still having to battle that demon even now as an adult where she's still it's still in the back of her head like this this disease this what does she call it i don't remember what she called it something about like a kind of it it was it was uh, imagined as kind of like a larva that was still inside her Uh, but anyway that was like really powerful to me like that was one of the powerful stories that i read that i was really impactful um i also really liked the one about the the producers looking at the uh the filming of this actress and she's like worried about developing her character and all this stuff but then all they're saying is that oh your boobs are too small you should wear a push-up bra He's like, out of all the work I do, all they notice is my boobs or the lack thereof. And that was like kind of like a, a kind of like a kind of a, a kind of an eye awakening moment. So um, I'm I really enjoyed this book. I thought all the stories were really great. Um, and just the artist itself and also how it ties into the story um, that they're telling. Um, I thought they were great. They were really great. So that's that's me. That's what I thought. What about you guys? Uh, I really liked a lot of the stories that you mentioned already. Um, the first one was really, really uh, poignant <laughs> in that it follows. It's yes, it follows this woman who wakes up and things just don't seem right. Everything is just a little off, and um, it's called Twenty Four Hours. It's written by Lola Garcia. And um, she wakes up and she's getting ready and she uh, is waking up her kids and she's taking her kids to school and she realizes she's the only woman like all the men are taking their kids to school and she's like okay maybe like his wife is on leave or something and that's why he's coming to uh, take his kid and then she gets to school and uh, school to work and Things are just off there too. Uh, the, us all women in the boardroom. There's no men. Um, there is a, uh, her coworker is complaining that he doesn't get paid, um, that his salary isn't enough for him to live on because men earn 20% less than average, the average worker. And she's just like, what? And, and she's just like, what is going on here? Um, they're talking about on the news about Madam President and about how there, there's the first man in the cabinet or there's, there's the most man in the cabinet, um, in all of history. So as you can see, as you go, the, the comic is just pointing out in all the, all the disparities that women face every day in life, but putting men in those roles. And I thought that that was really interesting. Um, and kind of fun. Uh, and she comes home and she's like, man, I think I need some sleep. Uh, and she wakes up and unfortunately the next day she wakes up and it's back to reality. Um, but I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I really did like the, um, the sexier one that you were talking about, about the actress who worked really hard for her role and it was like her dream role and she gets called into the costume um room and was like really worried and is like upset because she's doing such a great job with this role and the only thing that the financiers are uh noticing and care about are the fact that they think her boobs are too small um that was to the point yeah to the point that they bring out these bras that she has to choose from to wear yeah yeah. And so like it's kind of like a uh F you to them, she picks out the one with the least amount of patty. <laughs> yeah. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting when she mentions I didn't think big boobs uh, were necessary to play a lawyer. So you right. know that her, her role is a lawyer, yet they're focusing on her breast size. On her boobs, yeah. So um the art in all of them are is ve- vastly different because obviously this is an anthology. Um, the last one, I don't know how to pronounce that. That Zungo, Zungu, Zungu, 
about uh, Patricia, who uh, is from a small town in Castellon, the Castellon, Castellon province. <laughs> I can't, couldn't say that. Um, and she has three uh, things that she really has a passion for, soccer, airplanes, and human rights. And it really talks about how um, in her career at playing soccer, even as a little kid, like at being a girl, she just wasn't taken seriously. Um, she even was a pilot, um, in the Spanish Navy and she just got treated poorly because she was a woman. Um, so, um, that was just really cool. She ends up going to Africa to teach uh, as a volunteer, I think, and she is um, asking to teach the kids soccer because it's just like a fun team building thing and it's something that she's good at and something she could contribute. And she has to go and ask permission from the men who are in um, power there of that village. And they're basically, they basically tell her, like, you're a woman, you have nothing to contribute. Um, so or the opposite, they accused her of being a man. I, and uh, denying them access to their, to like the girls. Uh huh. Yeah. So odd. Yes. So it, the whole book is just really based, uh, around the, um, the theme of feminism and activism and just, um, when you read the foreword by the um, by the editor, which I don't know if you thought it was weird, but the editor was a man. <laughs> um, and I was like, at the end of the day, like you're trying to do something here. Could you not find a woman editor? But anyway, um, he talks about how when he reached out to some of these women that a lot of their responses was, um, I have nothing interesting to tell. And um, he said that, and because I'm not familiar with a lot of um, who these women are, because apparently they're all very renowned in Europe and Spain. Um, he says in his foreword, if you just by looking at the list of women that we have in this book, the fact that they thought they had nothing to tell uh, proved to him that this book needed to be made more than what he thought uh, in the beginning because he said that he knows that if he was to have approached male authors, they wouldn't have, there would not have been enough pages to tell everything that they would have thought was relevant to tell. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I, a point off for sure that there is a male editor because <laughs> I just really <laughs> thought that that was um I don't know, just the thought of a man editing these stories. Like, I'm sure he's a good editor, but a woman probably could have just added something more. Mm-hmm. Another, yeah, like, absolutely. little perspective, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, an understanding and being like, hey, I totally empathize what you're going through, and I bet you that, like, you can say it this way or uh, this. I don't know. There's just a, there's an understanding there when it's a woman reading something that other women have gone through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And um, um, I really, I really did enjoy it. It was a short, quick read, but very mm-hmm. interesting as well. Like you said, Muzunga, the one with the, um, uh, she said that, well, when this came out, that she was the first and only female jet pilot um, uh, mm-hmm. in the Spanish, I guess. What's, What's the Navy, the, Spanish Navy. Spanish Navy? Oh, yeah, that's what like, it said. What's, what's the, what, what is the, like, flying... Oh, Air, Air Force. Force. Yeah, Air <laughs> Force. There you go. Hi, Beth. Can you tell that I don't know military stuff? <laughs> um, um, yeah, it was really interesting. I think the one about the bug, which was the eating disorder one, was mm-hmm. the most interesting to me. And yeah. the art was just very, like, very, like... Um, uh, it was appealing, but it was also, again, like, the use of, like, the bugs and everything also made it feel, like, oh, like, kind of gross and icky. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, really a lot of, like, really good um, uh, stories on here. And even the one, like, uh, the first one that it opens with, which is about Julia Ortiz, mm-hmm. I think. That one was, like, it was the shortest one. Uh, but even then, it was interesting, too, because, like, I don't know, it almost... <laughs> Reads like a fantasy to me. 
say, like, my dad wasn't, isn't, like, um, um, a, a chauvinist pig or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but there is something to be said about un, like, unassalable or, like, un, unsaleable. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, okay, un, unbridled support. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds, it it sounds, you know, nice. <laughs> yeah, that story was about how um, she was recounting her entry into the world and her life. Well, her father was expecting a boy, um, but a girl came out and he just was so unquestionably supportive of her in everything she did but i talked about how he was kind of like a like a like a a ladies man or like he himself was a little bit of a man's man type guy and so given that he basically for lack of better words knew what men wanted <laughs> i guess and all instilled in his daughter that she could do anything she wanted and to not fall victim to men basically trying to take that away from her or force her to do things she did and um and it really um it really uh shaped her life um having that support of a of her father and it was interesting i really actually found it super interesting the way that she framed it because um, a lot of women can say that of their fathers that they're you know very supportive and they come out and they they you know push you to do things and the the way that this uh, writer framed it was that he was a feminist that he uh-huh. it was a role that he put himself into because he had to to support his daughter so I really enjoyed that one a lot and I really liked that take on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, when uh, when you were talking about the first story, I thought <clears throat> that's the one you were talking about, and I said it's too short because it was really damn interesting. I really enjoyed it. Even the artwork was really good. I, I it was a completely different take on artwork I've usually seen in in a graphic novel, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty interesting. It, it reminded me a little bit like a I don't know, a, a slightly a little bit like Andy Warhol, like a, a, some similarity, not entirely, but that's what I got from when I was reading it. But yeah, that was that was a good story as well. So are we ready to actually rate the book? Yes. Awesome. Well, I'll start. I really enjoy, uh, really enjoyed uh, the whole thing, uh, how it was put together and everything. Uh, like you said, uh, Kristen, we could have, I think, benefited from a female editor. Uh, that would have been cool. Um, so I'm going to give it tres conchas. Yes, definitely. Um, like I said, I was going to take a point off. Um, I really enjoyed reading these stories. And to be honest with you, um, I fall into obviously i know that there's a big wide world out there but it always interests me um how other countries and women living in those countries experience the same things we do here um and so culturally uh misogyny knows no borders (laughs) Um, and so the fact that these are all european women spanish uh to be um, specific yeah, was an interesting yeah was very interesting to me um, to see how they grew up and some of the issues that they're dealing with that we as women here in the United States um, deal with as well so that was very interesting to me it was definitely a point off because I think that it could have um, I would have loved to seeing what uh, came out of having a woman editor um and just as a a note if you're interested um we will have copies at the shop but also um you can get it from idw it's idw is the publishing company and you can just go to idwpublishing.com to order it or you can go to your local comic book store and order it there and i am also giving it tres conchas yeah um i was i'm honestly stuck was well, I was stuck between giving it two or three because I do wish some of these stories were longer, and I think yeah. you are right, Kristen, as well. I think a woman editor would have added like a little bit more nuance and also a little bit something else to um, the book as well. Um, 
I want to give it three. But I'm going to say two conchas. But it is really good. I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I enjoyed reading it. I learned some new stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> women in Spain exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but it is, it, I am interested in learning more about these women and doing like more of my own research. Because I guess I really don't know much about Spain besides, you know, land of the conquistadores. Um, uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a joke. If there's anybody who's actually from Spain that's listening to us, you know, just I mean, just you're, American not, you're not lying. I'm not it's lying. Not, it's not not true. You know, yeah, it's not not true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm going to give it to contrast. But I really did like, and I really do recommend people picking it up and reading it. If anything, just to like find out, like you know, these were these women are interesting and they're fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that has been our book review. All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have something that was, well, Kickstarter has, because I'm on it a lot and they're, I'm still like a super backer, even though I haven't backed anything in like two months, a miracle. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't believe you're a super backer. Yeah. <laughs> or that that even exists. That's funny. It sounds like a, it sounds like a position. But anyway. I know. I was just going to yeah. say that. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Um, but I get, like, emails about, like, recommendations and stuff like that. Uh, and this is one of the ones that I got. It's called Resonance. Space Gaze Volume 1. Uh, yeah that's That's what caught my attention i was just like okay um and here's like the little the little blurb they have underneath it's called the starry-eyed gaze in space romance the world craves a 200 page graphic novel featuring trans and bi leads and 18 over bonus editions so it's got some spice it's got some spice in it um and it is being done by river kai uh, who is from Portland, Oregon, and says right here that they've written and illustrated web comics for seven years, seven years, amassing over fifty-seven thousand readers on Webtoon and Tapas. So I don't know if this is their first story, but it is definitely seems to be a very popular one. Um, and. Here's the little blurb that they have for it, or some of the on the campaign. Astronauts Theo and Hayato propelled each other's careers, but their secret romantic feelings were sidelined. A necessary sacrifice for takeoff. Space forces them into 24-7 contact, threatening to undo their delicate work-to-love life balance, which was already ready to fall apart. <laughs> so it sounds it sounds really cute. It sounds, the artwork is really, really nice. Uh, I was telling the girls earlier that it's giving me very uh, Voltron, uh, the reboot, not the 80s. Yeah. Uh, was it 80s? I don't, I don't quite remember. I, I, well, yes, I believe it yeah, was the 80s. It was the an 80s. 80s cartoon. Yeah. yeah. It was only with, with He-Man and She-Ra and all of them. Yeah. That, so. Yes. The recent, uh, recent, like, this was, like, what, 2016, maybe? I forget when Voltron was on. But the artwork for it was very, very nice, very, very CalArts. Um, um, it's kind of giving me those vibes off of it. Uh, so it is, it has a pledged uh, goal of $8,000. It's currently at 5768 with 91 backers and 16 days to go when we are recording this. Uh, you can always pledge without a reward just to support. But base pledges on here, it starts at a dollar where you can get your credit oh, in wow. print. Yeah. So you'll just you'll be credited on the thank you page. And then at $10, you get volume one PDF and the credits credited as well so at ten dollars you get uh basically like the ebook pdf version uh at twelve dollars you get the pdf plus the 18 and over stuff so at ten dollars you just get the story at twelve dollars you get the spice (laughs) and then (laughs) worth it 
Yeah, always worth it. And then at $25, you get a physical copy of the book. And then at $30, you get um, uh, the paperback with the 18 over stuff included in it as well. So there's safe for work editions, and then there's not safe for work editions. <laughs> um, there is, well, right now there is an early bird signed hardcover uh edition still available there's only five left out of ten and usually early bird ones means like you are getting on you're supporting it early so you kind of get a discount price after that uh after all of those are taken up you it jumps up to 45 dollars, which isn't like a lot uh it's pretty decent if you ask me especially if it's a nice like really good signed hardcover um and then the prices keep going up from there uh, so if you're interested in it or if you like like space stuff and it just happens to feature gay people, Resonance, Volume <laughs> 1 on Kickstarter. I love it. Yeah. All right, time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for you an interesting little development. Um, Masked Republic. Are any of you uh, aware that Masked Republic is a website and media company that specializes in Lucha Libre merchandise, ranging from wrestling masks, toys, clothes, and comic books? Well, they are the largest seller of Lucha Libre-related products and has also created their own wrestling pay-per-view views. But that is not what I am here to talk to you about today. I'm letting you know that Masked Republic has actually developed their own, um, what do you call it? Uh, Cena Lucha Transmedia brand. So they are launching Cena Lucha and they actually, um, announced it at San Diego Comic Con. Um, this is, brand is going to cover everything from publishing, gaming, film, and television development. And as a result, fans are going to be able to see top luchadores star in sci-fi, horror, and action adventures. Oh, so, hell yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> that is coming down the pop pipeline. Um, so that... I'm gonna. I'm looking at uh, the timeline here. Um, they're going to be having um, also tabletop RPG and video games. Um, there is a um, oh look at this comic book. There's going to be a comic book anthology series, and it'll feature stories and art by both well-known creatives and members of the up-and-coming generation of writers and artists with talent curated by none other than Hector Rodriguez III. Um, and uh, who we, of course, know uh, um, as the uh, Peso Hero dude that we um, always do saludos to. And then um, also involved is um, Dr. Frederick Luis Aldama, who is um, lovingly known as Professor X. Um, and he's of the Latinx Pop Lab in Austin, uh, University of Texas, Austin. So I wanted to share that. I thought that was really cool. Keep your eye out for it um, and show all of your love and support for all of these ventures that will be coming out. That sounds amazing. I mean, I grew up watching uh, El Santo Contra Las Mobias de Guanajuato. <laughs> El Santo Contra Las Vampiras. I mean, it was just... So how and, did he, how did he yeah. fight the vampires? He's a luchador, El Santo. You know what? That's, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's he's how a luchador. It, you know? That's just your, your answer. Just, he he's just like, does like, duh, Kristen, he's a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he does it all. Think of it all in Mexico. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, there was cinematic gold back in the 50s and uh with luchadores gracing the horror genre films in Mexico and so now seeing that they're carrying on this 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 kind of tradition and uh making this like multimedia platform in order for there to be luchadores in movies I'm I'm so for I'm I'm here for it I'm here for it yes i, I the wrestling 
wrestling in and of itself has definitely um, held on to its fandom over the years. But uh, luchadores, too, I think, are a part of that culture that a lot of Americans don't really realize if they're not Latino or have Latino heritage. And so I'm really interested to see uh, that come into the forefront of, of mainstream uh, entertainment. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, now it's time for saludos and saludos goes out today to Daniel Calvo. Well, we just found out that he is an, uh, an affiliate of Fangoria. If you guys know what Fangoria is, Fangoria is like this, like, uh, I guess a magazine, like a hundred page magazine mm-hmm. that comes to you in the mail or you can buy it at a newsstand. Is that still a thing? Newsstands? Anyway, they focus <laughs> on horror. Yeah, so they focus on horror, guys, and so I think this is like totally awesome that they Daniel... are the horror uh, magazine, and they've been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And to be affiliated and be an affiliate of Fangoria is a big effing deal. So, um, all the saludos to Daniel because that is amazing, and it does not surprise me at all. Um, I'm sure he got this gig being annoying AF. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, if you listen to our YouTube um, interview with him, you know that that's right on brand for him. I mean, he just sends massive emails. Uh, he and- just he just posted a Facebook post yesterday that said the best um, the best compliment he ever got was when a friend of his called and it was he was quoting me that that he was annoying uh, annoying <laughs> as hell, but in a good way. <laughs> We say this with love. Yeah, he's very good at promoting himself, which you have to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it doesn't surprise me one bit that he um, is is moving forward and doing this and got this gig. Um, And I can't wait to see what comes from it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you actually can get 20% off, uh, if you, off your shop uh, of your new order. If you use Daniel Calvo author as the, um, the code to, for your first, towards your first purchase. So we're very excited for everything that he's working on. He's so gifted and he's so passionate and he's hardworking and he's just freaking bloody brilliant is what he is. So Daniel, saludos a ti. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, Kristen? You can find us at commodicycomics.com where you will be able to link to all of our social media platforms on Facebook. I almost said Tinder. Not Tinder. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> you almost on Tinder. You didn't see it. <laughs> uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, where else? Fans only. <laughs> only, no. fans. only fans. Uh, see, I can't even also, get that right. <laughs> we also have a TikTok. Uh, and uh, you can email us at comadresecomics at gmail.com. Yes, and don't forget, you can always watch these amazing interviews we do on our YouTube channel. That's Comodity Comics Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Goodbye, guys. Bye. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>